Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we hear the two contrasting births of Gold Coast mother, Emma. Reaching 42 weeks during her first pregnancy not only brought intense stress to Emma, but the pressure on her was building to be induced. The excitement that filled her when she went into spontaneous labor was short-lived after a ride to the hospital halted her labor in its tracks, putting her on the clock to get things progressing. The trauma she carried from that experience left her questioning whether she could endure birth again. A change in lifestyle and exposure to positive home birth stories reinstilled Emma's faith in the power of birth, leading her to manifest a transformative and healing experience second time around. Enjoy the episode. Please ignore my sickly voice, but Emma, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you. Thanks, mate. Could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay, so we um, we live on the Gold Coast um, in Queensland. Uh, we just moved here, actually. We grew up here, but we just moved here from Sydney. Um, my husband is Ryan, and we have a little girl. She is t- two and a couple of months old, and our little newbie, uh, River. So our little girl is Isla and our little boy is River who was just born in May. Beautiful names. Were they both planned pregnancies or? Uh, first, yes. Um, we we didn't try too long with Isla, just a couple of months. We were, we've been super fortunate, um, super, super fortunate. And then Riv was a complete surprise. Um, yeah, a very happy surprise, but certainly not um, organised at all. Yeah. yeah. So with Isla, was there anything you did in the lead up to that conception to get your body prepared for pregnancy? Uh, like, I guess when it's your first child, um, <laughs> your body's in like such better condition because you're like on heaps of sleep and yeah. just living life. Yeah. So no, um, but I was also a very different person when I fell pregnant with Isla and yeah. to who I am now is to how I take care of my body, et cetera. But um, in saying that, we're very active outdoor um, health-conscious people, so not really, yeah. Yeah, okay. And how was your pregnancy with her? 
Um, pregnancy wise, look, I can't complain really with either pregnancy. There's been no like hyperemesis or um, anything like that, you know, gestational diabetes or anything like that. But um, uh, the only thing that happened during our pregnancy was we were told that she had like really bad kidney function sort of later on um, in second to third trimester, um, which scared the hell out of me. And then their response was, well, but we can't do anything about it. So just hope for the best. Um, so that was, you know, kind of terrifying. But aside from, aside from that, no, that was, the pregnancy was easy. We did do third trimester in Cairns in Queensland, Australia in the middle of summer. Oof, um, been hard. Yeah, which was a bit horrible. Um, she was also, she was overdue, um, which is actually a word I kind of can't stand because, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm sure you've heard it heaps of times from mm-hmm. other mums, but um, I really can't stand how they give you a specific day. And then uh, first time mum, I just put so much pressure on myself to be birthing like on that day. Yeah. Um, and then everyone out of kindness asks, you know, how are you feeling? What's going on? Etc. Etc. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awful. She was two weeks and two days okay. past her due date. So um, yeah, we had a bit of a rough time there. Okay. Was there anything you knew about birth in the lead up, or did you do any classes? And what model of care did you end up choosing? Oh, gosh, I it's so it's so funny. Um, such a different person then. I and I don't want to discount the way anyone else looks at birth either because I thought I was looking at birth really well um, when I had Isla and we went through the MGP program, uh, um, which is midwifery group practice, which we were absolutely stoked with in Cairns. We had a wonderful midwife. I loved her to death and, um, but uh, I did not love the hospital system, but I didn't really know that at the time. I kind of just didn't enjoy the experience, but I imagined that this was, how you give birth and this yeah. is how you this is just the way it is anyway so um yeah we had we had mgp i had a little bit of um to do with my my gp at the start but then the rest of it was just you know my midwife and then the hospital um and class wise it was just like the bits and pieces of antenatal classes that the hospital provides um and that was it that was all i did okay so jump to 42 weeks now, were you facing a lot of pressure around getting induced? Yeah, so that's that's another fun story. So that was um, that was why it was so hard. I, I probably made it worse because, you know, I was like a, the lead up to 40 weeks was, um, you know, once you're 40 weeks, we might have to go in and see the obstetrician and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so we did that and we did all of the scans that they asked us to do to make sure that, you know, I was – pretty much told that I would like are you happy that you could be doing your daughter harm um are you happy that like it was it was oh yeah I was a crying mess and I just yeah as a first time mum like oh at that time you're just so sick of it yourself and you're like of course I want to go into labor please don't make me feel any worse um yeah so there was but I was so so adamant that I would fall into labor because I was like, that's what women do. That's what my body will do. Why can't I just wait? Like, and I was just so adamant that I would go into labor, which I did. Um, 
thank God. Yeah. Can I just quickly ask, where were you drawing that knowledge from? Because I know a lot of women in your situation, especially at yep. 42 weeks, would have yep. succumbed to the pressure of induction. But you seem to hold tightly onto that knowing of, you know, my body will give birth when it's ready. So where was that coming from? I would put that down to um, what I do as a prof- what I did as a profession before I was mumming. I was a zookeeper. I've been a zookeeper. Um, so I'm around animals. Yeah, it just seemed normal to me. Like I was like, animals don't get put into labour. They don't get. Yeah. It was just seemed so normal. And I'd listen to you know birth um, podcasts here and there about hormones and you know the the process of what's supposed to happen. And I was really keen to experience that and experience all the natural birth. But I had no idea mm. what, um, just no idea what I was like almost getting myself into by, I felt a little naive. Like I was very bold. You know how before your first child, you're just like, yeah, like I know all of this. It's totally fine. Mm. Um, and then you sort of get a bit of a shock um, when things don't go the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So yeah. you're drawing most of your inspiration from watching nature, which is just incredible. <laughs> so jumping back to 42 weeks now. Okay, so 42 weeks, um, yeah, pressure, 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 so much pressure, you know, crying all the time, so upset. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like I wasn't a like a working female. I was like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with me? Why? And every time I saw people with newborn babies, I wanted to scream and oh, throw things sweet. at them because I was like, how are you able to have a baby and yeah. I can't? Um, I just didn't understand and I felt like it was, it was, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know at that time it was so normal for that to happen, especially with the hospital being like, well, you know, like you're, this is what you're doing. You're endangering your child and um, um, 42 weeks. And then I finally said, look, if I'm not in labor, I think this is on a Friday. I said, I'm not in labor by Monday. I'll, I'll let you like break my waters or, or, um, yeah, that was what we were agreed to do. And then as soon as I agreed to that, I went home and then that night I fell into labor naturally. So very mentally, obviously it was a mental block that was sort of happening there, I think, because, you know, that night it all just happened normally. And then, um, I, (laughs) I'd like to say I labored through the night, but honestly it was probably like the most weakest of weak contractions, but I was just like holding on to any sensation whatsoever because I was like, yes, I'm in labor. They can't do anything. Um, and so that sort of went all night and, you know, I was just up and down, go to the toilet and didn't really bother, um, Ryan. And then by about 5am we called midwife and then said, yeah, we want to go into hospital. Hospital ride was shocking, you know, just awkward, um, in the car. So uncomfortable. And then it wasn't far away. There was only like 10 minutes. So really, I'm massively exaggerating. Um, and then we got there, got there, went through all the bright lights and, and things like that, which at the time, like I didn't even notice, but like, um, I remember now walking, you know, through the passageways and going up the lift and things like that. And I completely stopped labor, totally stopped. Um, completely halted you know my midwife got there she like totally was like oh yep like labor stalled went and you know went and had some food we sort of just hung out for a while and then I think it kicked back into gear at about eight o'clock and then um and then it sort of wasn't going too quickly and normally like now you would just go right well I'll just go about my day like and it will you know, sort of push itself on when it needs to. But I was in the hospital and I was taking up space. Um, So it was like, well, look, we had already agreed to break your waters, so why don't we just do that? 
because you know it's not going very quickly um and and I was like you know I'm at the hospital um fine like I'm just so sick of this like I'm just so sick of all of this yeah so um she my midwife broke my waters and I um I've heard some women tell me that that can be quite quite painful but I I don't remember I hardly even felt anything um yeah it was fine and then um from then on it was like active labor not not incredibly intense at all I remember thinking oh yeah I can do this like this is totally manageable like check me out I'm totally in labor and like um I don't need any drugs or anything like that um and I think I got into the pool far too early um had my little micro sleeps and things in there trying to rest um super tired and then the pool wasn't working they called in a second midwife people were telling me to push for a while um and they said you know we can see her head but she's not going anywhere and I had the fetal monitoring thing on because she was overdue so I was high risk um so I couldn't I couldn't sort of be very comfortable and I was also so aware of the little machine that like um shows the heart rate that I um I couldn't well I I say I couldn't but I just did not listen and look at myself once the whole time I was looking at that machine going oh another contraction's coming like Mm. thanks machine thanks for telling me interesting um I never yeah it was just I was so out of my body completely and like looking back on it now I'm so frustrated with myself that I just it's just so frustrating that so many women must experience the exact same thing you just give all of your power away to other people yeah I was like my midwife will tell me when I need to push that machine will tell me when something's happening I'm just gonna let this happen like um I didn't have uh like a really um intense um oh no yes I did have a pretty crazy transition for my memory um which is very different to my second birth I I had the gas um I remember being put on my back on the bed and I was sucking on that gas like I my life depended on it and I remember telling my husband that like I was going to die um I'm dying um and and he was sort of just nodding at me because I had strictly told him not to give me any drugs don't you let them give me anything um and he was just nodding at me being like you're okay and I remember feeling so furious at him because I was like you're not in you're not in this position um and then uh they didn't get me off the bed they just sort of picked my legs up um one midwife had each leg and they just told me to push for quite a while um I remember tearing um it it was nothing compared to what else was happening I was just I sort of felt a pop and I was just like yep cool um that'll mean she'll be out in a sec surely like I just did not I just had nothing nothing left like no cares um and then uh she was born and uh, she they put her straight on my chest and she was extremely like I'm not I wouldn't say limp but she was just quiet she was so quiet she had her eyes open and she was looking at me um which I found quite um off-putting actually because I had watched lots of movies where babies come out screaming with their eyes tight shut and um just sort of all over the place but she was like still and calm and just like looking at me and I was like what do I do um she was probably in shock probably yeah 
Um, I, I accredit how she came out to how the last couple of hours slash the last you know month of my pregnancy had gone because my stress was just out of control. Um, so out of control. Um, anyway, they before I could even go, okay, so like what, what what's going on? There was cord cut, doctors in the room, grabbed her, put her on the little a little um, like platform next to me on a bench somewhere were like pumping um trying to like revive her and I was I could see her breathing and I was like why why have they like it was so fast I remember being like what's I I wasn't even afraid that she was not breathing because I was like she's breathing what what um I would have noticed if she wasn't breathing she was just really still like and I I know all the APGAR scores get thrown at you and um they say you know she's had no tone and she had none of this but she was like conscious not blue, not, she was just looking at me and calmly just, she was just taking a minute, like just just taking a minute. Yeah. And from what I know now, I was like, gosh, if I had just given her a moment yeah, yeah, and just let her had her blood from her placenta and had just all those things she needed. But then, yeah, she was cut. Anyway, she's rushed out of the room. No idea where she's going. Um, I just, yeah, yelled at Ryan, go with the baby. Like I'll just stay here. Um, and then my next memory was being stitched up by my lovely midwife. But I, I just remember staring at the white ceiling of the hospital, just not even crying, just like empty. There was just no, you know, there was no skin to skin. And you would have been in shock also. Yes, massively. Like I was like all the things that people talk about, like, oh, you get to see like your placenta. I vaguely remember someone jabbing me with something, placenta coming out. Someone took it, never saw it. Some, I was stitched up, didn't feel any of that either. I, midwife was talking to me sort of, uh, I can't even remember now, I was just just staring at the ceiling going, this is just the worst, like this is not it. Yeah. Like this, is, this isn't it, right? Like is this how babies are born? And Well, I mean it is, yeah. Lots are born that way, unfortunately. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot, which is, it's shocking, right? And even when I, um, I told, you know, months later when I told my birth, story to someone because for so long I didn't speak a word of it to anyone and I told it to someone one day with her in the carrier at a park and I just burst out crying and I was like oh my god it was horrible and I I had no idea I was it was so painful for me anyway hours later I um I went to see her in um her little incubator she was on CPAP and she had tubes up her nose, down her throat, in you know stuff in her veins and everything, and it was just so heartbreaking to see a baby like that. I'm sure other mums, if they have they experienced that, you can just it's like, yeah. oh, it was gutting. I feel so emotional hearing that because I went through a very similar experience to you. Really? Yeah, and it was so traumatizing. Yes, it's so traumatizing. I can't even look at the photos of it. I yeah, can't. me too. Uh, it's... And I think the worst part for me was not only going through the birth trauma, but then to have your baby taken away from you and then mm. being told you're not allowed to hold them. You can't pick oh, them up. so horrible. You can't pick them up. And um, I, I'm a bit of a um, Nazi on chemicals and drugs and things like that I like I'm yeah I'm a, that's probably half the reason I didn't want to be induced because I was like no you're not putting anything for it in my body yeah. um so when I saw her a fresh baby and I had been mm. so careful all pregnancy like I haven't taken a Panadol in years like I was just so careful of what I put into my body and then 
she was getting pumped full of antibiotics. She had yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, but she was just born. Like, yeah. And I, I remember asking, I was like, but, but why does she need it? Like, why is she on antibiotics? Is she sick? Um, and they were like, well, we can't tell you. We don't know. And I was like, I think but... they just give it to them. If they go to yes, the queue, they just, they get just it. give it to them. Yeah. I was just shocked, so shocked at that because I was like, and I didn't know and I wish I had some little cheerleader friend with me that had been like, do you, you know that it's your it's your right to take your baby and leave? Like right. it's your child and you're not like in jail or anything. But I felt a little bit like I was in jail. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah I was like, well, I've got to do what they say. But I, I do, but I did not. Like, you yeah. know, it was just such a strange experience. I was like, okay, so I'm not really a mum. Yeah. Um, and then there were, because we're at a, um, a public hospital, Ryan had to go home Um so I was left there and they were like, just go to like the maternity ward and get some rest. And I was like, cool, no worries. I'll just go lay down on my own yeah. in the dark while you take care of my child. Um, can I give her colostrum? Can I feed her? And they're like, no, like we can't, we need to keep these tubes down. Her throat. And I was just like, everything I had heard like on podcasts and things, I was like, well, this seems really wrong, but like you guys must know more, right? So they wouldn't even give her colostrum. No, That's would not. Um, and it was, I was just like, okay, I'll just, I felt like I was like just this person in the hospital and suddenly I wasn't pregnant. Yeah. It was awful. It was an awful night and poor Ryan, he's like, I don't want to leave, but I'm just lying there like, you know, trying to sleep, like, you know, bleeding and all the other things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then over the next few days. So anyway, long story, three, three days later, I was allowed to pick her up um, and and feed her <laughs> and uh, the photos of it are just ridiculous. I've got like um, two, there's tubes everywhere and all this kind of stuff. Um, so we, we did all that um, and then finally when, you know, they were allowed to take her home, we actually had the head pediatrician come and see us. Um, he was a lovely man and he was like, you know, I've got to apologise to you guys because there was actually nothing wrong with her. Oh, gosh. Um, how annoying. And I was like, so why did she get antibiotics? Oh. Um, you know, I'm this psycho Godzilla no sleep mum. And um, and he was like, look, you know, we've just got to do it. You know, it's common practice, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was like, yes, I understand all of that. But I was like, guys, three days, oh. three days. Like it was, it was shocking anyway. And that just sort of started um, probably one of the worst years of my life. Mm. Um we we had a really rough journey. We were in um, my husband was in um, the navy at the time, so we were posted to Cairns and we had no family um, around us. And we just sort of <laughs> I did one of those typical. I'm sure lots of mums do it. You spend nine months worrying about birth and absolutely put zero effort into how to raise a child. Um, so we we just had a lot of problems with sleep. Um, she was we both struggled with it and I was just so upset from the birth. I felt like I had absolutely no connection with her for so long. It really affected our relationship and I didn't sort of figure that out until months later because it was we were just so separate. Which is completely understandable when you learn what supports that mother-baby bond. And, you know, you had this extremely traumatic birth, then your baby is removed from you for three days. You literally had any chance of a connection settled. Did you do any skin-to-skin? None, none. Okay. And it was also um, it's so funny, like so nice talking to, you know, mums like yourself and think that understand this kind of stuff because when – 
sort of your first, um, I would first talk about my birth with her. Um, most people would just be like, yeah, I know, like a couple of friends, exactly the same thing. Like, and it's not like a, there's no compassion. It's just like, yep, that's kind of what it is having a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sad, isn't it? It's so sad. And there's also this sense of not being allowed to complain because, well, your baby's alive, so what's the problem? Exactly. Exactly. But but she's born. Yeah. But she's healthy. And it's, uh, yeah, so you can't, can't complain. Mm. Can't complain. Um, and then during those, anyway, during those months, um, my husband was away at sea. He was back. We moved house like three times. It was just a, it was just a really like crazy year, um, which obviously got better anyway, but, um, all stemming, I fully believe from just our shocking, shocking birth. So I was super put off birth in general and, but I did find a lot of comfort in meeting other mums and sort of sharing and then them having similar experiences like oh I had to have you know an episiotomy I had to have this I had to have this and it was just it was just so common I started to feel a little bit more normal um and then I um so sort of during those first few months of Eileen's life I started my own business and started working um a lot more in natural health with um essential oils and things like that and also um, you know, no, low tox and all that type of stuff. And the type of people I started to meet um, were very much like the home birth crowd. Yeah, and okay. and a lot of them, um, particularly uh, one of my very good friends, had had um, and her children in, um, in home birth. And just the way she spoke about her birth and her photos and things like that, which I had never seen when, yeah, I was pregnant with Isla. Like no one mentioned home birth to me, like, no one it's just not an option like it was like a crazy option like if someone had said home birth to me I'd be like what what do you mean like that's not hey that's ridiculous um and I was I would probably have answered being like why why would I pay for a home birth when I can go to the hospital for free mm. that's probably what I would say <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure many of my friends well this time with my birth with River at home thought that yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, sometimes I'd be whinging about, oh, we have to pay this, we have to pay this because it's shocking that it's not covered. Mm-hmm. But for what it's given me and given, you know, my son, given um, and healed me from my first birth, yeah. I would pay. I would pay and pay and pay. Like, yeah. And I, I wish so many, so many mums could know the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, when we fell, yeah, fell pregnant with Riv, we were – um yeah we were living in Sydney amid lockdowns for you know pretty much the whole entire time and um I just knew and I said to yeah which is very is really strange because with with Eileen I was really you know a million pregnancy tests like Mm -hmm. I was always again I I always say this Joanna I was always looking outside myself for someone to tell me what was happening um and with with Ruby I just um I said to him, I said, I bet you I'm, I reckon I'm pregnant. And he was like, no. <laughs> and <laughs> it was really funny. And we were just, um, I said it and I, in the back of my mind, I was like, no, I'm pretty, no, I'm pretty sure I am. And we sort of thought about it for a little while. And then, you know, I still wasn't getting my period and stuff. And he's like, well, you better bloody check. And I was like, okay, I'll go and get, I'll go and check for you. Like, but I'm telling you. Um, so then anyway, we went and. We went and got his pregnancy test that he needed and we did it and he was just like, oh, I was like, I told you, told you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I knew from sort of the crowd I was in now that I wanted a totally different experience. I, I wanted a home birth, but I didn't really know. I didn't really know everything I needed to do, but I had, um, 
you know, spoken to so many people about it. So I was like, okay, I'll just sort of see. Um, and New South Wales is um, where it's actually state funded if you go through the hospital home birth program. Okay. But <laughs> so, yeah, totally amazing. But it was still because my midwife is still attached to the hospital, there was, um, you know, there's still things you have to rules. jump through. Yeah, there's still rules. And it was the rule. The rules is what bothered me in the, in the first place. Yeah. So I didn't ever really think I would birth in that house in Sydney um, with that midwife because I was like, no, this isn't. This isn't where I will have him. Um, and at this time, you know, we're, st- we're still in defence. And I had put a lot of time into um, starting to think about where we wanted to be with our lives. Like, you know, did we want to be here? Do we still want to be, um, you know, living here? Do we want to go back to the Gold Coast? Like, what kind of birth do we want? And just so much work into sort of manifesting what our what we wanted our life to be and how, how different we were now as people. Um, and I saw and I... It, it, I don't know, people, people might think I'm lying, but I, I saw in like, I don't know if it was a dream or if I drew it in my journal or something, but I saw a white house, white on the inside, um, with a little living room and a hallway with all these rooms coming off it, um, and a birth pool, and that's where I would birth, and that was not our Sydney house, um, and I was like, that's, that's where I'm going to birth, but at that point, you know, we didn't own a house or anything like that. And, you know, I didn't know where that was or, or anything. But long story short, we um, we discharged from the military and moved back to Queensland, you know, all while pregnant um, and went house hunting during COVID, which, you know, awful. Um, so many houses, so many houses, put in offers all over the place. Finally found one um, weeks, weeks before I was due. Yes, I had this home birth midwife. I met her maybe three times. And the very first time she arrived, she brought this um, like document with her from the hospital and it was entitled, Who Can Have a Home Birth? And I looked at it and I was like, what do you mean who can have a home birth? That's the mother's choice. Mm. That's And it just immediately, like I was obviously just waiting for something to set me off, but I saw it and I was just like, you have the audacity to have something for women that says we will choose if you are allowed to have a home birth or not. And I immediately saw that and I was like, no, no, (laughs) just no. Um, And I had, had our first part of their program was that you had to, you know, obviously have your scans and things like that, which I had all had with Eileen. I had my gestational diabetes test and all that stuff. But this time I was like, I didn't really want any scans. I didn't really want, to be examined I didn't really want anyone in my I just wanted me like pretty much completely so I did my first scan because that was kind of what you had to do to get into the program and at that point we thought we were staying in Sydney so I did his his dating scan and we got our you know how do you date etc um and then after that when we decided that we were going to move etc you know we left the program um I didn't have any more scans and when I got to Queensland and we found our home birth midwife, um, who I just found through a friend of mine who had used her, so I had been emailing her and that's how um, I, I managed to get onto her. Um, you know, she asked me, you know, are you wanting to 
you know, do this test and do this scan and do these blood tests, etc. And I said, no, I don't want to. Um, and she was, she was awesome. She was like, your choice. No worries. Amazing. Um, and it was so nice to not have someone be like, well, you know, like, yeah. you know, you should probably check this thing and you should probably, you know, and what if you have, um, cause it was just, it was just so freeing to be like, no, no, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just, I just didn't want to do it that time. And I, I so badly wanted a free birth, but Ryan was so adamant that he's like, what if our babe's born like Isla? And we need to resus her or something. And he's like, I don't have a second pair of hands. And he's like, I don't know how to deliver a baby. And I was like, you don't know, need to. Like, I, we will be okay. Like, but it was, it was just something in the back of our minds. And we'd already sort of paid our midwife. And we were like, okay, we'll just, we went back and forth lots of times, um, lots of arguments. Cause I just wanted, I wanted no one near me. I hardly even, bless his soul, wanted my husband with me. I just oh. was like, <laughs> I went so inward in the last few weeks. I just wanted no one around me, no nobody at all. Like um, anyway, so we got up here. We got our midwife. Um, we sort of had it all sorted out. We found our house amid so much oh, so much stress because we moved in like yeah weeks before we were supposed to go into labour, and the house needed painting, and we needed to. Oh, it was just so much stuff. I felt super unprepared, but. All I had been doing was listening obsessively to like free birth stories and positive birth stories and just, just so immersing myself into that, that um, I don't know, community. There's also a Gold Coast home birth community, which was fantastic to go to. Um, just a bunch, a massive bunch of women all sharing their, their story. And amazing. Oh, it's fantastic like if anyone's on the Gold Coast um, I'm pretty sure Brisbane might have one as well but if anyone's on the Gold Coast and even isn't pregnant and just wants to yeah I don't know just listen to other women it was I got there and the first time I spoke I just bawled my eyes out and like told my birth story and so many women were crying with me people I didn't know Um, how beautiful and it, it was just so fabulous and then they all these women that wanted something different for their, you know, for their, their birth and their baby and, and their rite of passage. And it was just like, I'd found, found my people. It was like, yeah. <laughs> you found your people. Yeah. So that was kind of all the, I don't know, preparation I did. I, I also was making sure we knew what to do with placenta, what were our choices. Um, because I was going down that path, it was so normal to me to be like, Oh, what about a lotus birth? Oh, what about this? Whereas the time last time, I didn't even see my placenta. I was mm. had no like no idea that people used their placenta. Like what? Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and I did a lot, a lot of um, listening to people talk about um, the fetal ejection um, response and not needing to push, um, and you know positive affirmations and all that kind of stuff. Which prior to this, um, and you know shame on me for thinking this. I was always the one that was like, oh, positive affirmations are for like people that need help. <laughs> totally not what I, you know, like, oh, I'm not, a, not someone that sits there and manifests and journals. Like yeah. <laughs> I would totally make fun of someone that did that. And yet here I was completely different. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, and then, you know, second birth, I had affirmations like everywhere. There's one <laughs> in the toilet. There's one everywhere. Um, so good. <laughs> um, anyway, so the house that we ended up moving into is – painted white with a hallway with the rooms running off it and a very little living room which is where I 
originally had the birth pool um, and I just knew as soon as I saw it when we inspected it I was like this is the house mm. this is the house we'll birth in um, and it was a bit of a pain in the bum to get the house but we it was like down to the wire with the banks down to the wire with everything but we were both my husband and I were just like it's where we will birth it's fine it's fine um, totally different to the last time and we were like oh we're 42 weeks overdue like who's going to help us and we we're just just so chill and calm, um, moved in. So, yeah, got the birth pool here. Um, I ended up switching into one of our little bedrooms because it was like a little womb room. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just like nice and cosy and dark. And I just set it up with um, all the my little lights and affirmations and my diffuser and all my oils and things like that. And due date, <laughs> terrible due date, came and went. Um, and we sort of just sort of switched off from everybody. Like I stopped, I stopped telling people like, or answering messages on things and people asking what was going on because it was, it was really disrupting my allowing, like just allowing things to happen. It really, yeah, it was really frustrating. Like people would be like, great weekend to have a baby. Let us know. Um, yeah, and it would just really bother me because of last time, like 100% not their fault, yeah. more just me, a bit of PTSD being like, do not ask me mm. when I'm going into labour, like it would just happen, like stop it. Um, anyway, so we just sort of cruised along and acted like it would just, we were really sort of relaxed about it. And then on Friday I went to the Cairo, so it's probably the only thing I did majorly different to last time. I had Cairo work the whole pregnancy um when we got to Queensland anyway so got an adjustment on Friday and then Friday night um I had like you know little bits of feelings and things happening but it all fizzled away like I remember getting up and being like oh totally cool great Cairo did it for me and then you know nothing happened it fizzled away same thing happened Saturday night Sunday night (laughs) um which was really frustrating so each night um it would just stop all day and then at night time it would come back um, always after we put uh, my daughter to bed um, it would come back and we would sort of like go oh okay and we'd you know clean up and just sort of do all the things we needed to do and then I'd be on the birth ball for a little while and then it'd stop and I'd just go look I'm just gonna go to sleep because I remember so many people saying like when you feel labor starting don't be sitting around waiting for it because <laughs> You just either be waiting a lifetime or you just get tired. So just go to bed. So I would just go to bed and it would just stop. Um, so then on Monday, Monday Ryan went to work and I was, um, I think Eileen's nan took her for the morning and then nothing was happening. It was all sort of pretty chill. It was super big and awkward and, you know, sore moving house, et cetera, like everyone's like, don't lift anything. And I was like, lol, just moved house. <laughs> Great advice. Uh, and then that that night, put her to bed, it all started again. And I think, again, I think so much of um, going into labour is mental, Men- like your, your mindset, obviously there's a million other things. But, yeah, I, I said to myself, I was like, all right, this is like third or fourth night in a row, like, come on. Um, let's, let's, and I just stayed up. I just stayed up. Um, and I think I was just, you know, on the ball walking around and I was so, I was tired. Um, but I was like, no, nah, walk around, come on, walk, walk, walk. I was walking around the house, just, you know, just doing things, um, you know, smelling clary sage, like there's no tomorrow. Um, and I think it was by about, 
Mm, I think it was like 11 o'clock I said, call our birth photographer, tell her to come. Um, I was also very nervous to call people in case my labour stalled because, yeah, I just sort of felt like I'd have all these people come to my house and then they'd be like, okay, so, like, perform. Yeah. And I, I felt um, that's kind of why I wanted no one around because I was like I don't want anyone, Observing. you know, like waiting for me to, yeah. yeah, change, you know, get into a different stage or blah, blah, blah. It was just, yeah, it was kind of annoying me. So I was, anyway, I was very reluctant to tell Ryan to call anyone. But we called our birth photographer. Um, she bless her she's so beautiful um she came in and just sat quietly in the corner because I had told pretty much told everybody like no one no one speak to me yeah. <laughs> it just sounded like the worst I've ever no, um, not at all. no one speak to me yeah I don't want like you know last time I had people at me all the time all these like I was like I don't want anyone talking to me I want it to be dark yeah. I don't want anyone touching me I don't want checks I don't want like none of it just just leave me alone. Come and help me if something's wrong. That's what you hired for, <laughs> basically. Um, so she sat in the corner um, and uh, Ryan and I and our dog, Luna, was we were just sort of pacing around the lounge room um, and they were, like, definitely getting more more intense but it was nothing that um, I remembered it a little bit from last time that I was like, this is nothing I can't handle. I'm well aware of what's to come so I know I'm not there yet but – I also really liked the fact that no one was telling me, oh, you're three centimetres, oh, you're five centimetres, because I, first of all, hadn't called the midwife yes, and second of all, I I just, I was like, it will will happen when it happens. Like being told I'm five centimetres isn't going to help me get to seven. Yeah, exactly. Um, In my mind, anyway, it wasn't. So um, we, yeah, laboured away and then I wanted very much wanted to get in the pool and I had told myself I'm not going to be going in there until until I know I'm very close because I I don't want to get out of the pool. Um, I remember last time I hated getting out of the pool because I was like, it's warm, you have to, I don't know, it's just an effort, right, getting your legs over it. Yeah, um, yeah and I just I said to myself, I'll be going in that room and I'll be coming out with a baby. I'm not going in there otherwise. Um, and so it was not until maybe 1.30 that we called um, my midwife and she came with a second, um, which is something she had explained to me, but something I had kind of said, look, I don't I don't really want two of you here. I know that's like your, like your safety policy, like totally understand that, but I, I don't want lots of people in my house, like, and... So it was something that kind of bothered me, but I had told them all very strictly to be quiet, like not sort of like be unseen, and they were, so I didn't really notice. Um, they got they got here, and I said to I said to her, um, "Can you just check his heart rate? It's the only check I want. Can you check his?" Um, and when I say he, I didn't know it was a boy. I said, "Can you just check check baby's heart rate?" Um, and she did that with I was just sitting on the carpet in the lounge room, um, checked it just after contraction, and she just smiled at me and said, you know, perfectly normal. And I was like not not like not really relieved because I, I knew. I was like, yes, yes, of course, of course yeah. the baby's okay because because I'm here anyway. And I I just – it's so funny. The, I just felt so, so much like I didn't need them. <laughs> yeah. sounds, sounds like super arrogant of me, but I didn't. 
last time I needed needed everyone else. I just so needed everyone else to do. I remember being like, I wish I could pass this burden to Ryan and he could birth the baby. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. Like, why do I have to do it? Like, I was just always trying to wiggle out of something. Um, and this time I was like, it is my, it is for me, it is my rite of passage. I will learn what I've learned from this birth. No one will take it from me. Um, and and I knew the magic of what birth could be from hearing other mums speak. And I was like, like kind of like addicted to that possibility. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it was like a fairy tale to me. I was like, how could birth be so calm and beautiful? Like, how do I get that? Like, I was just so like, no, no one will take that from me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it was about 1.30 and I said, um, I'm going to go in the pool. And I just sort of started walking down um, walking down the hallway. And <laughs> it's, it's really funny. I have a, I'm so glad she got a photo of it. She got a photo of me going, start, starting to walk down the hallway and my belly is like so low, it's almost on the floor. And the like the look on my face was like I'm walking down the hallway that I saw like nine months ago. Um, wow. And I, I, yeah, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it because I remember thinking that thought as I was walking in there and I was like, it's like this is like I can't believe it. Like how is this, yeah. <laughs> how did this happen? Like this stuff doesn't happen. So cool. Um, certainly not to me. And then um so yeah we walked into the walked into my little birth room got in the pool um which Ryan had already hello bubby which Ryan had already filled a little bit up I got in there and I had to ask my photographer um days later the timing of all of this because you know at the time I was like I felt like I was in the pool for for ages um and I said oh I must have been in there for you know this long like wow when did I go in there? But I was actually only in this room for, I went in at two o'clock. I think they got here at one thirty. came into the room at two o'clock um, and he was born at three. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, so it was really, I got all that way. <laughs> I was really proud of myself when I learnt this because I was like, wow, I got all the way pretty much to transition um, just with no one and with myself. And I didn't, I didn't ever feel like I couldn't do it so amazing um whereas whereas the first time uh, you know I was just I remember transition being um just terrifying and I was you know I was like give me you know give me all the things I can't do it and and all the things that it's funny my midwife the first time actually I didn't mention that she had said to me like you'll say this most women say that when they go into transition they say like I can't do it you know, help me, all that kind of stuff because that's – and that's how you know you're in transition. And so I, I have always found it interesting that it's like it's like you get told um, <laughs> you'll feel inadequate at this stage. Yeah. Um, anywho, so I got in the pool and I I was in – yeah, not in there for very long. Um, they filled – I just sort of had – like I was leaning over the edge of it. Um, the only thing I had with me was a comb – I had a comb in my hand that I had um, heard off lots of podcasts was like the, the gateway pain theory that, yeah, if you um, yeah squeeze the comb really hard during a transaction, you'll think about that instead of um, – and like whether it did heaps, I'm not really sure, but I did it and like it was a very different labour. So I don't know whether other mums want to try that, but it's an easy thing to try. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I had my 
It was like this. I always sort of laughed at it every time I picked it up too, because it was like this dodgy little plastic comb, like super, <laughs> like <laughs> not this like nice, beautiful wooden one that you're like, oh, I'll use this in birth. It was just like this crap plastic one for from camera. Um, <laughs> uh, so I had my comb um, and you know my lights and things like that, and I was just leaning over the edge. And I remember maybe like two or three tra- um, contractions from being in the room. I felt pressure, like like a head pressure mm-hmm. um, and I, I remember opening my eyes and I looked at the midwife wherever she was looked around the room and found her and I was like I feel pressure and she just looked at me calmly and she was like good good and I but I was like why is there pressure already like surely I'm miles away miles away yeah. and then in my own mind I was like wow wow like you're here already like amazing um, yeah. and it was it was yeah it was just I don't know, I was just so shocked because I remember last time um, it was like, oh, the head's there, but you're not getting anywhere. Like, get out of the pool, get on there. Like, it was just so hard to get to that point. Yeah. Whereas this time I had, like, done nothing. I'd done nothing. And I was just like, oh, that was that was very easy. Like, it was just so easy compared to, I like, last time I felt like I had to fight, fight to have a child. It was yeah. a fight. And this time it was just, just so effortless. Um oh. So I felt that pressure and the pressure continued for like, I don't know, another like two contractions. And then after that, I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it was just pushing. It was pushing. I didn't push. I remember holding onto the edge of the um, edge of the pool and looking at Ryan. And I was just, I remember saying um, like, I don't know whether I was whispering it or being very loud, but I was saying to myself every time, there was a big, big contraction and a big, big push that I kept telling myself that it was that this, like this sensation is for me. This is all for me. This is my body. This is like my, my sensation. It's like my body, not someone else doing it to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I said that a lot to myself um, and I had it written on the wall because I think last time I, I felt like it was yeah, being done to me. Mm. Um, like someone was cleaving you in half, yeah. But this time I was like, no, no, that's just me. That's just me. Like it's not scary. It's just you. Um, so I, I said that a lot. Um, and then, oh, two, honestly, like two or three contractions. It was not much. Um, they were like I guess close together, but I hadn't I hadn't counted anything. I did none of that stuff. I just let let it all happen. Um, and. Uh, I had never been concerned that um, a baby was like not in the right position or I don't know, breach or any of those kind of things. Like obviously when my midwife had checked me um, just like by feeling my stomach during our um, visits, she had always said like, you know, his head's down, his head's here, like where I'd never really worried about it. But um, I, um, with my first with Eileen, I remember I was told that I had um, uh, my placenta too close to my cervix um so they that that was another fear the first time that my placenta would be in the wrong spot so I had like you know a million extra scans to make sure it wasn't in a bad spot um and I forgot to say that with this pregnancy um in our our first scan they said that as well they said your placenta is it has implanted too close um to your cervix so you're going to need extra scans because you need to know where it is um and that's the point where I decided I didn't want extra scans because I was like it will move yeah um, it will move. It's designed to move. It's not going to be in the way. Um, and so I, I made like a conscious choice that it wouldn't be in the way. And 
I didn't think about that any sort of during birth, but it sort of just occurs to me now that um, that was you know, part of my decision making process. Anyway, so um, kept um, leaning over the pool, and then I remember um, <laughs> the head was. I think his head was out, and I had obviously certainly felt the certainly felt his head sit there for a little bit for um like a push or two and I I was sort of half thinking about what was happening but half amazed that I had not pushed yeah it was kind of like living in this like outside my body being like you but you didn't that just it just pushed like you did nothing um and I was just like in my mind I was like it's it's all happening like those women say it is like it's it's this is how it works and I was yeah I was just sort of like fascinated but at the time you know in the middle of giving birth and then um uh any fear around tearing no because the first time um I hadn't I remember tearing but it, it hadn't hurt me okay um so I don't have that um I know like lots of lots of friends of mine have had you know super super painful when they've teared um so I was I think I was quite lucky that uh, last time when I teared, I was at a point where it didn't like I was like whatever, don't even care. So this time I I didn't even really think about it, and I was like, oh well, like you know, I tear, I tear, and it's like this is pretty much the time that it would happen. Um, and uh, you know, obviously I didn't know until later, but I didn't tear, I didn't graze, nothing. Um, which I also found crazy. Yeah. Well, you allowed your body to slowly do what it needed to do. And I was just totally relaxed and it was slow. Yeah. yeah. It was the, the way it was supposed to be. And I didn't push. I yeah. didn't push baby out. I just allowed body to do as it's supposed to do. Um, and like, and I didn't do anything like super preparing, like, you know, massage my perineum, like during pregnancy, like I didn't use any, you know, none of those things that like, I think some, like sometimes is recommended. I didn't, didn't do any of that stuff. And I just, yeah, anyway, I remember I remember his head um, uh, being born. And then I think he, he must have been wiggling his neck because I was like, I remember saying like, oh, what is that? Like what, like the movement was such a foreign sensation. Um, really, really strange. Um, and then I heard my midwife whisper to my photographer, um, oh, get a photo of that, get a photo of that. That's really, that's really rare. Get a photo. And I was like, oh. what is rare? <laughs> like, what is rare? That's not what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, what is rare? And I remember just being like, oh, like, ignore them. Like, in my head, just being like, ignore them. Like, you're, like, you're doing this. This is your child. No one will get it. And I, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, my God, as if you'd say that, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, and then... Um, I then heard the midwife say, like, okay, I'll catch him. Like, he'll come out in the next push. I'll catch him and I'll give him to you. And I remember I didn't turn around because I was, like, hunched over on the side of the pool in front of Ryan and he was sitting on a chair just holding um, holding my shoulders. And I didn't turn around, but I my arm, I, like, flung my arm around behind me and I said, don't you touch my baby. <laughs> oh, God. I, was, I felt... 
like now I feel so embarrassed because I was no. like, oh, what a, what a jerk. Oh, no, I think that's pretty normal. I'd want to be the first to touch my baby. Yeah, like at the time, that's exactly what I what I thought too. But yeah. I, um, Mama lion like coming now, out. I feel like such, yes, I feel, I feel a little bit like a jerky lion. But um, no. <laughs> I was like, as if I'm going to let you catch yeah. him. Like, you crazy person. I just did all this work. Get out of the pool. <laughs> anyway, so he, um, he, he came out with the next push. Um, and I think I remember I was I was pretty bloody tired by that point, and I I grabbed his under his arms. I think his legs were still um, coming out, and I just pulled him. I pulled him out because I was like, oh, he's, it's over, it's over. Wow, like you you did it, it's over because it had been the last maybe like four or five contractions had been so exhausting. Um, it's really exhausting. I wasn't just just physically. I was like, I was still really mentally like like really excited that this is happening but I was just yeah physically I was pretty exhausted it was um yeah 3 a.m you know tired um anyway so um he came out and I um under I looked down obviously and there he was and he was completely um encapsulated I suppose you'd say in his sack oh how cool um so he was still in his water yeah um it hadn't broken the whole time and that's what she was saying what was rare um and it wasn't until I I was lifting him out of the water and he actually had the cord around his neck um very loosely and midwife just reached down and just looped that over and then stood back again and I just lifted him up and put him on my chest and um sort of scrambled back to the corner of the birth pool so I could sit and uh I just held him there and he was yeah covered in this like because I'd never seen it before, right? Um, I didn't yeah. even know what it looked like, and it was, yeah, he was he was still he was born totally in his waters and his sack, um, which I I think is called an on call birth. On call, yeah, correct. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, which I obviously googled lots since, but um, I had no idea really what it meant. Or like now, it's it's sort of cool to me, but at the time, I was so um, I was so amazed that like it had all gone to plan. Yeah. Um, because usually, like most, and my birth, and like most other births, like there's a problem, and you've got to have, you know, like suction or something or whatever. Like, but I was like, it worked. I was so shocked that it had worked. Like, just like they said it would. Like, it was just, I don't know. It was just such. The experience was so gentle. I never had to leave my house. I never. I just went straight to my bed afterwards. Like. Um, anyway, the placenta, um, was a bit of a pest to get out because I was so tired. I was like, Oh, I just don't want to push. Like, do I have to push? Um, but I was like, come on, come on. So I pushed a couple of times. Um, and, and then the placenta came out and, um, he was really squirmy. Um, very different to, to Isla. He was, came out like they sort of look in the movies with his little eyes tight shut and he was, you know, already squealing. Um, and it was such a, it was such a relief to just – it was everything was different. There was nothing like – yeah, it was just a completely different birth, completely different child, you know, completely different mother pretty much at that stage. Um, and I remember looking down um, – so our entire pregnancy I had said, this is a – it's a boy. Um, it's a boy and he has dark hair and dark eyes. Um, and I've seen him, like I've seen him in like, in my head. 
And everyone was like, it's a good girl because you were sick first trimester. Like, And, you know, everyone came with their two cents. And Ryan didn't think, he said, no, it's a girl. It'll be a girl. Like even my daughter was saying, no, it's a girl. It's a girl. Everyone said it was a girl. Um, and even people were like, he's not going to have dark hair. Like you and Ryan both blonde. Like and I was blonde. You're not, it's going to. And I looked at him and he had dark hair and dark mm. eyes. And and then I like picked him up and I saw that it was a boy and I just like <laughs> even now oh, I just want to cry because I was like I knew it yeah. <laughs> I knew it was a boy <laughs> I knew I knew him like whereas the first my first time you know we'd found out the sex and again like I know I keep saying it but I always looked to someone else to tell me what was happening yeah every every aspect um and this time I I just knew I knew he was a boy and I looked at Ryan and I I just looked at him and I was crying and I was like I, I knew he was a boy like <laughs> and and he was just like <laughs> you know oh, he's um he's such a rock like nothing shakes him um and then uh yeah we just um I birthed the placenta and then we had that in a little bowl and we had planned um I didn't want to do a lotus birth. I just wanted to leave him attached to it for sort of as long as possible and as long as was comfortable for everybody. And I didn't really have a time frame. I was like, honestly, you know, an hour, two hours, whatever. Um, and we had it in a little bowl um, just floating next to him. Um, and then I was like, right, I need to get out um, and get into bed. Um, I'm so tired and I just want to go to sleep. Um, so we got, we got up and getting up was – shockingly hard my um I was shaking um just yeah just from the I guess the energy and the everything and I stood up and it must have been like I don't know like maybe the heat of the pool like coming up into cold um air and then like probably a bit of vertigo from standing up as well but thank god Ryan was holding me at his arms under me and I was holding um babe I just completely passed out oh my god and I didn't even like absolutely at the time I didn't know that but I remember like coming to and looking and my midwife was standing in front of me and she was like you there you there and I was like oh oh um what happened like and I was just so I just looked down and I was like oh my god am I still holding him have I dropped him like um and she's like it was only a few seconds but I was completely like completely passed out and so they're like quick let's get you get you laid down in bed you just um obviously need to just rest um and then yeah got out of the pool um Uh, they uh, when I lay down and I, I put little man next to me he was um he's a little champ he was pretty much just sort of straight on and he was um feeding straight away and then I would just lay there and um the midwives just sort of pressed um pressed uh on my abdomen just to see if like gushes of blood would come out and it wouldn't and it was fine so they were like right you're like you're good and you know I didn't want a huge amount of checks or anything they were just like we just needed to know if you were bleeding still and you're obviously not so um you know that's all good um I didn't want to shower because I could hardly stand I was my legs were just so so tired um from because I had done pretty much the entire labor either either standing or on my knees um and so yeah they all sort of did a little bit of cleaning and then they left um and by that time it was about 4 30 so poor Ryan had enough time to um, get everything out of the birth pool, um, sort of like mop up around, you know, where I'd trailed blood around the place. Um, 
and then get our daughter up for the day. <laughs> Just your average day. Um, so was she there the whole time? She had been next door the whole time and there's only like a little, you know, the house is quite small. So she hadn't woken up the entire time. We just had the monitor in the room and I was birthing, which was really funny because I kept glancing at it being like, hope she's not awake. Which <laughs> um, uh, is so funny. Like, you know, the first time you feel like, you know, like, I don't know, you, you're so concentrated on what's happening. Whereas this time I was like, I can even check the monitor and see if see if my daughter's awake. Like, yeah. is she okay? Cool. Um, yeah, she woke up. We filmed it. I have to. I haven't even watched that video actually. Um, and we brought her in, and it was it's just so normal to her. She's never known anything else, I guess. And we had told her. I had watched birth videos with her. Um, I had told her she might have been there for the birth, which I I actually really wanted, but. Um, I was a bit grateful that it was in the dead of the night because it just would have been an extra, just an extra, yeah, she is, um, she's, bless her soul, very, very mummy's girl, very, very attached to me. So I think she might have been a little bit like wanting, I don't know, attention or something, whereas, yeah, anyway, so. It all worked um, out perfectly. It worked out really perfect, yeah, which is, it still shocks me a little bit <laughs> and I feel sometimes guilty that I got that experience because mm. so many people either don't get that experience like I didn't the first time or they don't know it's even available. Yeah. Which is the worst part. Like don't know that it's even it could happen because I I had far less I wouldn't even call it pain. I would just call it very intense and sh- like it sh- shook me to my like belief in myself but just knowing what those sensations were and why they were happening. And that they needed to happen. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a baby. It wouldn't happen. So you have you have to go through these things. Instead of the first time, I just wanted to get away from it. I was like, oh, give me the, the gas. Might take it away, like so I don't feel it. Yeah. Um, whereas this time, yeah, I just and then yeah, it was just so normal. She woke up. She had a baby brother, and she was just like, cool. Yeah. And she didn't like. We didn't have to leave the house. Like I didn't have to get out of bed. Um. And you know, it was just we didn't have to get in the car just all those things were so were so nice and and postpartum this time we were pretty um pretty tough on not having anyone come into the house the first week um yeah nice not yeah not because of like i don't know like obvious like other people you know germs or whatever like that which is obviously i don't know it didn't even come into my mind it was more we were just settling in i didn't get this last time yeah i didn't get that little bubble oh yeah of um, course that little yeah and I, um, I was talking about it to a friend of mine the other day. It was like we were like on this little high, all of us. Yes, like, the oxytocin like, high. Yeah, and it's. I didn't want anyone to take it. Yeah, of course. From me, um, and I knew if someone else came into the house, um, it would go. Yeah. Yeah, and I just didn't want anyone there. Like I didn't want anyone to touch. I was very protective of him. Like I didn't want anyone to touch him. Like not because they were going to do anything wrong. But like. But it was like last time it was, oh, here, can you hold the baby? Like, and, mm. you know, the nurses were all holding her for me. Like, and they were, like, I wasn't allowed to hold her. Like, whereas this time I was like, no, no, like no one is, no one is doing this. No one is doing this. Um, well, that's a trauma trigger for you, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. That's probably why I felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was a little tough. It's understandable, though. And also I think people forget that, you know, these babies have been inside us for nine months. They also need time to land on Earth and get used to their new environment. For a environment. bloody second, yes. Yeah. I totally agree. 
Just a bloody second. It's so and explaining that um, was very hard to yeah. um, some family members. They take if and I, oh, I I remember you know it was day three postpartum, so standard you know crying at anything, um, and not that I felt anything near what I did last time, but I I remember um, saying to my husband, I was like, I don't like it's not my responsibility to take care of other people's feelings around the birth of my son. I like we're totally entitled to this. Stop making me feel like I don't deserve to have a week with my newborn that I just yeah. birthed myself. Exactly. Like it was, it was just like I owed it um, to everybody else to like show them what I had done. Like, mm. yeah, I don't know. It was. It's kind of like um, I said to Ryan. It's kind of like weddings. Like weddings and babies. They're like always somehow like taken away from you a little bit. Like it's always about everybody else. When like a home birth, it takes so much. Like you know, mental preparation and, and just so much belief and all that stuff. And then as soon as if I felt like if someone came here, um, no matter who it was, like it wasn't the person, just no matter who it was, I would, um, yeah, it would be it would be gone and birth would be finished and visitors would start. Yeah. And I was like, no, but, but I spent nine months preparing for this birth and I just, it happened just like we thought it would. Now don't, I don't want it to leave. Like, yeah. um and it's it's kind of sad now. He's um he's four he's four weeks old tomorrow, and it's it's so sad that it's like it's gone so fast. I know it's so unfortunate as well that we as mothers have to apologize or feel guilty for wanting to soak up those early days because we can all vouch how quickly that newborn stage is over. And the, exactly, and then it's like baby things you talk yeah. about. You talk about baby things, yeah, not not newborn and birth things. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh. Yeah. Both a friend of mine were saying it's it's quite a grieving process letting go of how how like life changing that rite of passage is. Um, mm. and that's that's one of the things um I would always want other women to um realize that that's what birth is. It's a rite of passage, not something that you just have to do if you want to have a kid. Um, you know, obviously there's other ways to have children, but um, if you, like it can be so life changing. It doesn't have to be how how changed that experience, um, and even just the preparation. How changed the preparation has made me and our whole family, um, and it, the ripple effect to other people. Like how they're like, oh wow, you're having a home birth. Like, oh okay. Like, and just to have that conversation with someone that's not even pregnant and doesn't even like want kids. They're like, oh, so. You don't go to the hospital, you don't. And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, well, that seems kind of normal. And I'm like, doesn't it? And now, now that um, I'm on the other side of the perspective, I'm just like shocked when I others don't share that perspective with me. I'm sure that's yeah. probably half my personality that I'm just, I don't understand how people can't see how normal it is. But, um, and like totally, you know, like so many people I do know that have had lovely hospital births. Like it's, if I ever had an emergency, I would be going straight to that hospital. Thank God we have amazing hospitals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was, it was. Um, I, I'm still a little shocked here yeah, how how lucky and transformative that healing experience was. It is exactly, even down to the the house, the color on the walls, and the sex of the child was exact. And now I'm like I, I still sort of find that a little bit hard to believe, but it's yeah I'm so so lucky that it happened yeah. that way. Such a beautiful journey you've had. To wrap up the episode, though, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there? Uh, probably I was thinking about this one, and probably like I probably have two um, that came 
to mind sort of straight away. And when key piece of advice to expectant mothers would be A, to know your choices. Um, but properly know your choices. Don't just be like, oh, I could have share care or I could like go private or public. Like, cause that was my, my choices were the first time. And that's kind of what I, that was all my choices were, but there is lots more out there. Um, I would highly encourage you to listen to podcasts such as this one and read lots of books like, um, you know, Inner Made Guys to Childbirth. Um, uh, so, so many different ones that I can't even think of the top of my head, but, Read books like that and see how normal um, it is to birth in different ways and see what might resonate with you best because birth will stay with you your whole life. It's like yeah. it's so important how you birth your child. It's not just you have to you have to do it. It's, it's really important, yeah. yeah. And then um, my second piece of advice is actually nothing to do with birth um, and I wish my first pregnancy someone had spoken to me about this because it was a huge struggle for us. For, especially for new mums, second mums obviously know what they're doing. But first-time mothers, if you have no idea about um, newborn and baby sleep, if you have no idea about it and you just sort of like me and we're just like, of course, babies just fall asleep, it's fine, um, and you just kind of roll with it. Um, I was like far, far too naive and very, very mistaken that I hadn't educated myself on that side of childbirth because postpartum is so real and it can be postpartum depression can be really really soul shattering um and it's it's not spoken about it's getting more spoken about for sure but not nearly enough is it yeah is it talked about and sleep deprivation is probably one of the key things there to try and like deal with and support and things like that so um, obviously you're not going to have heaps of sleep, but if you can maybe by like Isla still wasn't sleeping by like eight months of age and I was up every 40 minutes. So, um, just to, to know what's on the other side of birth is also really important because you, yeah, you spend nine months thinking about it. Um, and then it's over in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, how do I be a mum? Yeah. Even just like speaking to other mums is a massive thing to do before you have your child because once your child's here you're really busy um and tired and and all all those things but if you speak to other mums about like pretty sort of everything before you have um before you have your babe then you're just so on top of like all the things that are going to happen and other mothers are like your lifeline they are yeah they come out of the woodwork and they're like little angels coming down from the sky to help yeah. you so um very long-winded answer sorry <laughs> <laughs> no i love a long-winded yeah. answer it's been so beautiful chatting with you today emma thank you so much for sharing your journey with us not at all i i highly so appreciate the chance to um to tell a birth story because that's how i i think i recovered i suppose from and knew that there might have been a different way just by listening to other women so it was thank you for letting me be one of those women for other people thank you that brings us to the end of today's episode everyone emma's contrasting experiences really revealed a ton of insight into so many things for me due dates birth choices the list really was endless 
I know today's episode started off with quite a traumatic experience, but often with these stories, it's the trauma from one birth that pushes the mother to seek a different path with her next. In Emma's case, through seeking out the wisdom in other women's stories and finding her people, she was able to tap into her own inner wisdom and follow her intuition when making decisions. She was firm with her boundaries in the birth space and during postpartum and didn't give away an ounce of her power this time around. A huge lesson she gained from her first birth experience and a great lesson for all of you listening today. You are not selfish or rude for being firm with your decisions, wants and needs. You are entitled and deserve to have your boundaries or decisions respected. Some really great information throughout for you to digest today. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Let me know what you think over on the PBA Instagram and I'll see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.